Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the AI Live podcast. Here we'll be talking all things aesthetics, fillers, threads, neurotoxins, techniques, and interviewing people in the aesthetic community. So thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. Hi everybody. Oh, Welcome hi. to AI Live. <laughs> <laughs> our team always surprises us and turns oh, no. the cameras on early. <laughs> Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us here at AI Live. I know. We have, we have some fun stuff that we are going to talk about tonight. Mm -hmm. It'll be kind of fun. Yeah, my, my community. The Basic good, bad, stuff. the ugly, the, the whatever. I've actually gone back to it. You know, we, we have all these fun, advanced things and, you know, basics are basics yeah. at the end of the day. And they work really nice. But before we jump into it, what are we talking about? We have stuff. All right. have stuff. What are we catching up on? What have we been up to? Gosh, what's been happening? Oh, oh gosh. I, I'm i finally home and not flying for a couple weeks. A couple? <laughs> yeah, within like two weeks, I was Vegas, flew to Florida, came back, flew to Chicago, came back, flew to Chicago, flew to Kansas City, came back, and now I'm here. So. Houston. Oh, and Houston, Houston, and then came back. So yeah, it's I been know. crazy. It's been fun. <laughs> You've been traveling. I haven't. Yeah. Not too much. Not too much. We'll see. The rest of the year may may change for us, right? Oh. It's oh kind of well. crazy. Cell phone. It's fun, though. It's fun. I get to go to Taiwan. I signed up. I'm going to speak now. Um, at what conference? Yeah. Or what? AMWC for nice. Taiwan. Nice. Nice. Visit, visit my niece and nephew. Oh, that'll be fun. And present. <laughs> that'll be fun. So it should be fun. Good. It should be fun. All right. So we're going to jump into our topic for tonight, um, which is microneedling. Yeah. The good, the bad, the ugly. You know, I think microneedling has been around for a long, long time. It has. Right. Um, I don't think people talk about it enough sometimes. I think people generalize it. They overdo it sometimes, not needing to go so heavy. So hopefully we'll get some, you know, ask your questions um, um, with regards to microneedling. Even you can take it into microneedling RF if you guys have questions with regards to that. But this is for you guys to get interactive. This is us kind of throwing different ideas out there to talk about, um, but different types of microneedling, yeah. right? And, and keep in mind, we have a chat, uh, we have a screen here that we can see with your questions. So feel free to type in questions and make it interactive because we, yep. want, we want to hear from you guys. Yep. So dermal rolling, yeah. you hear this a lot. This mm -hmm. is early, early, early on, probably like 10 years ago, if not more, right? Yeah. yeah. Where we started hearing about dermal rolling and people taking these rollers and rolling, rolling, rolling. And uh, uh, back then we were going to conferences and we were like, Ew. Yeah. and you know, it's eventually, it's ventured into this m more mechanical microneedling, which is more of those pens that we're now using that you see out there. Um, and then of course, the advent of the newer, newer technologies, which is taking the microneedling, combining it with the radio frequency and taking it to that next level and having microneedling RF. So um, what are your opinions on these? <laughs> I, the dermal rolling worries me because uh, usually those are done at home and I'm not sure how people are sterilizing the needles on that little roller. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're gonna have debris and skin and blood and you're gonna have stuff on there and bacteria is a beautiful environment for bacteria to grow. So I worry about that and how someone's gonna clean that. So yeah. we know that when we use microneedling, um, we're using a sterile new device. So we're using a tip that's sterile. So we know that that's clean. And sharp. 
and very <laughs> sharp. So I, I worry about the derma roller stuff at home. Yeah, and you guys have to think when you're derma rolling, these needles have to actually get into the skin. So they're rolling into the skin and rolling out of the skin, which is probably not as nice as just going straight up and down into the skin. You're actually kind of ripping in and ripping out. And so, um, yeah, I definitely think the derma rollers, you have to be a lot more careful about utilization mm -hmm. into that aspect yeah. of it. I don't think people microscopically really think of it, but um, you have to be a lot more careful with derma rolling and not go too, too aggressive with regards to that. I agree. Um, mechanical microneedling, I think is good. Vera yeah. has a good question. Can microneedling cause scarring if the setting is too deep or lines underneath the eyes? Um, yeah, you can cause. You you can cause I'm going to talk a little bit later about one of my patients who had issues, had problems with somebody who didn't know what they were doing. But um, yeah, I think you can cause scarring. I think you can really do some damage mm -hmm. if you overdo it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then microneedling RF, love. And love let me mention this. one quick thing. Yeah. I'm sorry about micro the mechanical microneedling. Make sure if you buy a device that it has an active um, going in, extrusion going and an active. Um, removal of the needle, yep. like extrusion and, and yeah. rebound, push and pull. Push and pull. Yeah, push that and it's pull. not just kind of spring push loaded. You want it to be the push and pull. Some of the ones that are kind of like spring loaded, the spring, the, the little needles don't come back quick enough. And when you go across the skin, it'll drag across the skin. So make sure that you have a very active push and pull on that needle in the device head itself. We use a skin pen. Skin we pen. found to be probably the <clears throat> best one we found so far, and we've used quite a few different ones. Yeah. Derma pen. I think Which drug? That drug across yeah. a little uh, bit. The newer one has it has improved. They have a Dermapen 4. Ah. Yeah, they have a Dermapen 4. Well, I got rid of my yeah. one or two or three, whatever I, think, I got rid of. I think ours was two. Yeah. All right. So, derma rolling overview mechanism, device rolled or stamped. I think the device rolled, as I said, mm, be careful of that. Um, you know, the whole goal is to increase permeability. You know, there are devices like Aquagold. I think Aquagold is nice. Mm -hmm. You know, little mm -hmm. holes in the needles that allow you to get superficially products into the skin. I just stopped doing Aquagold so much because uh, the products cost a lot. And the little, the little bottles, a hundred bucks. The little bottles, if you bought a bunch, Jeez. you had to buy a, uh, a bunch of them to get it down to a hundred, dollars every number. Yeah. Um, and so ultimately you end up with a hundred dollars for the actual aqua gold itself. Then by the time you add all the serums <laughs> and your toxins, and if you add a little filler into it, it's a it $500 like bottle, $500 bottle. And you have to take the time now to stamp them. And the problem is, is that these treatments probably lasted about a month ish. Mm -hmm. And so to charge them eight, $900, for something like this seemed yeah. a little it didn't last i'd long. rather them do i guess things that i think were more effective to really make bigger changes on more bang for their buck more bang for the buck yeah. in a long time i agree um so that's kind of derma rolling in a sense uh so the good low cost minimally invasive of course um the bad high risk of allergic reactions granulomas, more infection inflammations. Mm -hmm. I think you're ripping the skin more so than yeah. regular real microneedling for, that we're doing at our clinics. Um, and then the ugly, more and more people are swerving clinic fees and buying cheap derma rollers. And you know, the ones that go very deep can lead to scarring. Yeah, right? for scarring sure. Infections. Yeah, absolutely. Because sure. they're not sterile. 
they're yep. sticking them in their drawer and then doing it the next day. So yep. you can have a lot of superficial skin infections with this. Yeah. Mechanical microneedling? Yeah, this is, this is usually motorized. It can be either battery or plug-in. And these little needles, there can be probably, there can be 12 to 20 little needles in each little head. And they're usually very, very tiny. They can create very, very small little channels, which we know that whenever we create a little damage to tissue, it's gonna always cause some remodeling. And that's gonna, that's gonna help with hyaluronic acid and collagen and elastin. Some of the devices are SkinPen, MDPen, SkinStylus. Um, there's quite a few different brands out Dermalogica there. Dermalogica is coming out with their ah, really? medical, ver medical nice. esthetician version nice. of it for those estheticians and the, some of the states that can't, are allowed to do some microneedling. Yeah, some states, they can't break the skin. Some states, they can, so check your laws. And um, generally, when I do a microneedling package, I generally sell a package of five. Yep. Um, I would say don't sell somebody one or two because they're not going to see much of a difference. And I had a talk today with a patient and I said, you know, you are not going to see a big difference after one treatment. It's going to take a few because all we are doing is making holes in your skin and we're sitting back and we're cheering your collagen to grow. We're not controlling that. Yep. It's not rocket science. We're just making a bunch of holes and we're, we're counting on that body to regenerate and that takes a few weeks. Mm -hmm. So you can't really speed this up too much. No, you have to spend time explaining it. These, you know, I think anything we do with skin takes time for explanation. It's not as easy as toxin. It's not as easy as filler because you see these immediate quick effects. I mean, even toxins, you need a little bit of explanation. Like that line that's been there for yeah. 10 years is not going to go away with one usage of toxin. Sometimes they listen, <laughs> sometimes Majority they don't. Majority of the time they don't because everybody waits until the last minute mm -hmm. to do anything. And then they want you to wave their magic wand and say, <laughs> poof. And then they want to pay the least amount. I mean, my, my whole thing, I always go to analogy is I always say, well, you kind of waited till your sm the smoke came out of your car before you started to see me. So you know that you're probably going to be spending a little bit more time here and you're going to be spending a lot more money here because you ignored all the signs that were telling you you were aging. Because majority of our patients always say, I just, you know, it was just last week I stared at myself and I just fell. I'm like, ha, no, majority of people are like, I'm looking okay, I'm looking okay, I'm looking okay, I'm looking okay, until the one day they look in the mirror and the shadow hits them and there's wrong light and they, they freak out. It's the rearview mirror. And, and it's a sad part. It's kind of like your car was blinking, the little check engine light, go get your servicing, and they completely ignored it. And then they finally wake up when smoke finally comes out and they're like, okay, well, I have $100 to work on what I need to get changed. Well, if they had spent that earlier on to do multiple treatments where this one for sure, like microneedlings, require a series of treatments and it's not going to give you this magic wow. It's slowing down the aging process and hopefully you're starting to do a little bit and catch up with some of that, mm -hmm. a little bit of reversing. But, you know, ultimately we're all aging. I can only do so much. I can't reverse, reverse time and age. I can slow it, slow it down. And that's where our job is to do. And mm -hmm. so hopefully the education that you guys are doing is really talking to the patient about starting a little bit earlier. It doesn't need to be a ton. They don't need to do maybe if they're in their later 20s, they don't need to do this every month like a person who has a lot of issues. They can get it done once every three to six months and they're slowing their process down because they have a lot more power of collagen stimulation that they can utilize. Yeah. So the talk needs to be a little bit earlier and the talk needs to be, 
This is going to require a bunch of treatments. It's an investment in you. Okay. And generally, uh, historically speaking, as far as research, when you do about five sessions one month apart, about that sixth month, if you have acne scars, you're going to get about a 30% filling in of that acne scar. So this is a great treatment right. for acne scars. It really, really helps that kind of fill in. You're kind of damaging the old scar tissue and building new, damaging the old, building new. So you'll just, so you have a kind of a, an idea, it's about, about a 30% um, filling for in sure. of that, of the depth of that scar tissue. And the depth, depth does, uh, you know, does, I think change depending on what you're trying to uh, trying to do for your patients, right? I mean, ultimately, I think I see all over Instagram people are doing it all the time to the point that they're bloody every single right. time. And I'm like, do you really need to get that bloody? I think in my books, I don't need to get my patients that bloody. I don't even need to get my patients bloody. Um, you know, a lot of you guys are using like PRPs and all these nice, beautiful serums when you're doing these microneedling, well, think about what you guys are doing. Yes, you're stimulating collagen by the needle going in and out, in and out, in and out. But when blood is seeping out of all of these pores, that beautiful serum that you just charged them five, $600 <laughs> for is not entering into the skin whatsoever. Essentially, you're wiping it all off. So think about that when you are charging your patients an extra five to $600 on top of microneedling to do a vampire facial when you're really not doing anything in my book. Yeah. You've got blood blocking all those microchannels. So, so you can't <clears throat> you can't get the PRP or exosomes in. Yeah. So ultimately, think about what you're trying to do. If you're trying to get stuff into the skin, you need to make enough channels and keep them open, mm -hmm. which means you can do it at a smaller depth. You can do it at half a millimeter, 0.75 millimeters. Mm -hmm. As long as they're not bleeding, you should be able to get product into the skin because you've created these channels. But if you are going into the 1.0, 1.5, 2.0, 2.5 millimeter depths, there is a purpose for that when you're working for acne scars and mm -hmm. all those things. I think it's beautiful for that. But if you guys are doing things where you're like just doing it just because everybody else is doing it on the block without actually critically thinking why you're doing something, you're missing the ball. You're not doing your patients any any service except just charging them for wasting product. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> Jasmine has a question regarding acne scars with, or if you're microneedling on active acne. I don't like microneedling on mm. active acne. There's a couple little um, comedomas I might be okay, but you, I don't want to transfer that bacteria to the rest of the face. So kind of get that calmed down first, in whatever mechanism you need. If you need to throw them on some an uh, antibiotics, if you need to throw them on something to kind of calm down, um, you know, whatever it might be, calm yeah. down the new breakouts and let those kind of settle for a little bit and then work on it. You just don't want to exacerbate yep. that and cause any active infections that they don't have. Yeah, yeah. good um, question. Guys, go, go, go back down on that. Um, was it Kathy had a... Microneedling following by injection of PRP, topical exosomes. Um, you know, injection PRP, it's going to be up to you. I mean, if you're injecting it, a little bit different. But ultimately, if I were to inject PRP, I would do it at a different time frame sometimes. Um, I mean, you are injecting it. You can inject it deeper into certain areas. I think it's fine. 
Uh, Keep in mind, it's not a filler. PRP yeah. is not going to give know. you volume no matter what. Uh, that, so that's it, another topic. It, it, yeah. <laughs> People doing it underneath the eyes and saying it's filling, even with this PRF gel and stuff like yeah. that. Please don't fall into the trap of what they're selling you. I mean, yes, it'll thicken up your skin. Yes, it can look better, but that's because your skin is healthier and mm -hmm. it's thicker, not because it's filling it. So you guys need to go back to understanding the science when you are doing something. Don't just jump into things yeah. just because somebody else um, said it does this, it does this. Really, really go and do your research. Get, educate yourself on why you're doing these treatments for your patients. Yeah, and keep in mind that PRP is very pro-inflammatory and yes, well. exosomes are very anti-inflammatory or de-inflammatory. So you're going to see two different uh, results after the treatment. You're going to see more swelling with the PRP, but with the exosomes, you're going to see a lot of the swelling reduced, which is something we really yep. um, do like a lot. Yeah, and so I mean, does you know, does this make long-term meaningful differences? For sure, I know mm -hmm. exosome. You can do a lot more research. The one that I, that we like to use, Benev one. I, I've seen some of the research from Korea. They're showing 300% increase in elastin production, 600% increase in collagen production. So yeah, if you're already traumatizing the collagen in the skin and you're trying to get your body to stimulate more collagen, why not put something that's going to mobilize it even better and faster? So, I mean, th there are reasons for that. Not that PRP doesn't and can't do that. PRP can, but PRP also has an inflammatory response. So you have to think about is the inflammatory response causing more, more not say harm, but delayment in the aspect of their growth factors causing stimulation into the area. So, I mean, I definitely think PRP overall does work beautifully, but uh, that was 10 years ago. And I think that having moved on, I personally like the exosomes. I know there's a lot of controversies, you know, injecting exosomes. That's going to be up to you guys and your, your comfortability, you know, malpractice sometimes is not going to cover it. You know, you guys have to realize a lot of these things are that are on the fringe that are continuing to advance. FDA is not going to approve a lot of these things just because nobody has the money and capability to go through FDA trials, except for really, really big conglomerates that have money. And, you know, there is a lot of good research about certain of these things, whether it's PRP, do a lot of PRP injections into joints and stuff like that, followed by exosomes, stem cells. There's a whole slew of things you can delve into out there that do make a huge, huge difference in, in the quality and the results that, in my, in my opinion. Um, and I wanted to bring a little kick into that PRP thing is make sure that you have like a five to six time <coughs> concentration. Mm. If you have a little 10 ml vial that you're, you're drawing and then you're spinning that down, you're giving them a few mLs out of that 10 ml vial of PRP, it's not, it's not, it, you may as well just inject them or, or put their own blood on top of them because it is not concentrated enough to th get the growth factors you need to do anything. So make sure that you draw that big 30 cc vial and you spin it down and you're taking five cc's out of that. And then you're gonna have a lot more of the good PRP that, that will really actually have enough growth factors to do something. The second thing is you're only gonna get the quality of PRP out of the quality of the blood. So if somebody is older or they're not healthy, you're not gonna get great PRP. So just kind of know where that is. With some of the exosomes, it's very consistent. Yep. So it some is, is even from umbilical cord. So it's very, very consistent. Yeah, so I mean, those are great, great points. You guys yeah. really need to jump into it and really understand a lot more about what you are really doing because everybody talks a lot out of there. You know, PRF is just PRP. 
in in a sense it's a little bit more of a gel aspect of it you're what you're using is the same product as what prp is made of prf mm -hmm. prp prf uh prp prfm which is just the matrix they're all kind of the same um valerie exosomes is not genetic material up to a certain point you're not getting actual materials there may be some little mrna they do mm -hmm. talk about in that aspect of it but genetic material as it being like an actual uh actual stem cell itself is actually not what exosomes are so exosomes are more cytokines interleukins they're more messaging growth factors all of that type of stuff um, into that area so that is very very different mm -hmm. on the aspect of it when you really look yeah. into that um Mike, exosomes, FDA efficacy, FDA. <laughs> we just opened an exosome. <laughs> we just opened an exosome can of worms here. That's <laughs> what this is for. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably do another talk on exosomes. I think soon. we'll need to. Um, you know, there are a lot of exosomes out there. The brands that we use, I think we use Benev one just because I like the fact that they actually went through and all, all those exosomes out there for the most part. Um, are going to be two aspects of it. They're going to be a topical one, which means that they have some some sort of clearance from FDA. They're not approved, but there's a clearance by FDA. So when you're using something topical, there's a different um, approval process than when you're actually injecting it into the body on that aspect of it. Majority of all the exosomes are not going to be have any FDA approvals because it takes a lot of process and understanding with regards to it you guys have to realize exosomes because they're coming from the body have a lot of paracrine effects mm -hmm. that cause the issues of what we're doing and you can't show that that exosome does the exact something and thereby fda doesn't really want to approve those type of treatments because there's no like you take this blood pressure medication it does this and affects this there's a cause and effect mm -hmm. and the measurable effect when you're doing exosomes or stem cells there is not and this is why there's going to be a huge people will always a lot of practitioners out there that don't understand how the fda works are going to always stand by the what well, fda doesn't approve it fda doesn't say well if you wait for fda to approve it you're going to wait until the cows fly home then they're not um unfortunately and so the this is where that whole regenerative side is you can say on the underground side and it comes down to your comfortability. I'm not saying that you have to do it. I'm just saying that it comes down to your comfortability. I've been doing research onto it for the last seven, eight years. I've been doing it on myself for a while um, as far as IVs and all that stuff. And I think they're completely safe to use. Um, you know, the Benev one I think has been safe to use. I have injected it into the hair. I've injected it underneath the eyes. I, I use it with my microneedlings. I use a microneedlings. Uh, uh, open wounds on CO2s. I think you get a lot more healing, a lot faster healing oh. process with regards to Big that. Time. Um, you just need to use enough. The hard part is what is enough to use? How much do we need of the exosome? That is the, the standard that it, that's still shifting because we really don't know and everybody is different. Like where is your inflammatory process? How much inflammation do you have? How much exosome do I need to put on to suppress your uh, suppress your inflammatory response and that's why some people get better response than others but that mm -hmm. that's still in the air and this is why it still is up in the air about the exosomes and stem cells when people are really talking about it it still is hard to define and really understand you just it's a belief it's like buying crypto coins there's a belief that you know it does work and it will be here to stay 
um, and with the science behind it, there is a huge amount of science behind stem cells and exosomes that is out there. You just have to do it. It's in the medical world, um, but they are uh, great with mm -hmm. regards to that. So yeah. hopefully that's done a lot of answering on the aspect of it. Um, we'll get, let's see, we can start answering some questions. <laughs> uh, quicker results, RF microneeding versus regular microneeding. It really depends on what your goals are. So when yeah. do you define microneedling versus RF microneedling? I, I think RF microneedling is you're going to get more dermal thickening, you're going to get a little bit more tightening. With regular microneedling, I when I have some scarring, when I have um, some textural. acne issues, more te yeah, more textural changes, I need more treatments, more textural changes, I'm putting three million holes in that face when I do regular microneedling. Half an hour of doing microneedling is about three million holes with the skin pen. Mm -hmm. So. So you're getting a lot of little holes in there and creating a lot of new collagen growth and really doing a lot of regeneration. With the RF, you might have a little stamper that's got 25 nice. pins and you might have, you might have be able, to, you're just stamping maybe 500 stamps. So 500 times 25, whatever that is. So that's le a lot less than 3 million. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so you might end up having um, quite a bit of difference in that in that. So I think more, I want more of those holes for somebody that's got more of the acne, more of the textural changes I need. If I want something that's just more shrinking pores, tightening the skin a little bit, getting more dermal thickening, more collagen stimulation, I'll go to the RF. I, I love, love, love RF. I love adding the heat to it because we're yep. going to get more denaturing of that tissue of the collagen. Yep. We're going to get I more collagen it, yeah. building with that. So to me, if you're in general looking at the overall goals of your patient, um, if there is a tightening component that is important, the micro-RF is probably a little bit more in yeah. my wheelhouse. If yeah. it's more textural issues, more glowing of the skin, pore size, all of those things, you don't need to get as aggressive as a micro-RF. That does hurt a lot more. Microneedling in and of itself does a beautiful job. I combine it on myself, like my skin. I use almost practically nothing on my skin. I don't even use sunscreen sometimes. But I'm a guy, I'm lazy. But when I do do my lasers, I do laser. I do a um, I do a Q switch the Hollywood peel if you guys follow me and then I follow it up with an exosome and microneedling at like half a millimeter and this is kind of what I get so I do it I try to do it consistently every three to four weeks if I have the time and opportunity to do but I definitely noticed after about three to four treatments using the microneedling after my laser with this exosome my skin definitely changed to the point where my patients are asking me what's going on with your skin how come it looks so good and i was like i didn't do anything different i just i did add the microneedling but i didn't think in my opinion i didn't think anything of it and mm -hmm. i only tr was trying it out on myself at half a millimeter because it's like is it going to make a change but i didn't want to get bleeding on my skin because i didn't want to waste the exosomes that can get a little expensive they you know the topical ones from like benev i think they run somewhere about 150 to 200 i think if you're buying a package of them they're not really that expensive the fact that you just pop they leave them in the fridge you pop them open and you mix it up and you inject it or you you put it topically i don't have to draw blood i don't have to worry about spinning it and dealing with all of that i love that you know on the aspect of it um, um, and question, can you do radiofrequency microneedling with melasma? Um, Depends with, on which machine you have. With one <laughs> there's one device that will work with melasma, and that is the Silfirm. 
Yep. They've got a, it's, an, it's the newest technology out there. Pulse and wave. it's got the pulse wave technology, which breaks down the energy into small little pulses, which actually, and you're going a little more superficial and you're not going as hot. But what you're doing is you're going in there and it's actually kind of remodeling that basement membrane mm -hmm. so that those fibroblasts and melanocytes that kind of hang out in that dermal area, which gives you that shadow color. It's not the superficial epidermal pigment, that melasma that looks like you could pick it off. It's not that. It's that shadow that's deeper that's really hard to get rid of. That's all sitting in the basement membrane. So if we can increase that integrity, we don't get all the, all the, mel the melanocytes sitting in... Um, the in that basement membrane and causing that shadow. So we've done it quite a bit on patients that have melasma and noticed an incredible difference. Did we want to? No. We really didn't want to put anything hot in tissue with melasma, but we've been very pleasantly surprised and happy with this technology because it works. So it's, um, Dr. Nas pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, yeah. it, 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 it is an interesting thing with yeah. the microneedling. I mean, and you really have to delve into the science behind the mm -hmm. microneedle RFs. I know everyone talks about Morpheus, Morpheus, Morpheus. You know, ultimately, whether it's Morpheus, whether it's Potenza, whether it's other treatments, you have to realize a lot of it has to do with the way the needles are put in. That it's, an, it's a non-insulated needle that Silphrum uses versus uh, the insulated needles that majority of the other uh, companies are using. And when you're using insulated needles, you force all the energy into a tip. And when you force all the energy in the tip and you add it for a certain amount of time, you end up frying that layer instead of actually creating enough of a controlled damage. Mm -hmm. um, and so ultimately that ends up with the amount of heat that you could put in with you have an insulated, you can actually make your melasma worse. Where Silphrum differs is the way the technology allows the energy of the radio frequency to penetrate in that you're not actually creating a huge amount of heat and a huge amount of damage and necrosis into the skin that could exacerbate your melasma. And then, of course, Lori talks about the pulse wave, which actually breaks it up and allows that repair of, the, uh, of that basement membrane that allows those melanocytes to back into, square back into the layer that they're supposed to be and thereby actually treating melasma mm -hmm. versus before everything that we've been doing in previous times has actually been actually just treating the symptoms of melasma versus what we're now able to do, which yeah. is treat melasma. You still have to clear up the skin with whether your chemical peels or other things. You know, the people, somebody said transexamic acid, beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. with microneedling does can do a very, very nice job. If that's all you have, transexamic acid with your microneedling is beautiful on that aspect of it. So yeah. ultimately, I think that that is, is really, 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 really important to understand because microneedling RF, RF is a heat. You guys have to realize it's heat. We started off with thermages, you know, all of these radio frequency. It's about adding heat to it. And if you can't control the amount of heat into the tissue, you're going to make melasma worse. You know, that's why we don't do IPLs on melasma mm -hmm. unless it really is. You understand it's an epidermal melasma versus a dermal melasma. Then you can do one, maybe two IPLs to just get rid of the epidermal melasma, but you're still not treating the cause. You're only treating the symptom. And so and then that is, heat can exacerbate the molasses. Exactly. And so this is where that balance comes into play. And finally, we have something that may have the opportunity to actually reverse the cause mm -hmm. of melasma, which is exciting for me 
to really, really see. Yeah, and the other thing is that when you're putting hot little needles in the tissue, you are shutting down a lot of little microcapillary flow. And a lot of melasma has a vascular component to it. So if you kind of reduce the vascularity that's going to it, you're kind of, it's a double whammy. You're improving yep. it both ways. Yep. So um, we'll get into, <laughs> now we're getting into the silver Oh gosh, mud. oh gosh. It's going to be Here, like we went a totally off on the tube. <laughs> will this record? I think it will this be. This is going to be on this YouTube. This goes on our YouTube This will be on channel. YouTube so in a week. let everybody know we do have a YouTube channel. Yeah. But um, <laughs> melasma, probably a P, PW2. If you mm -hmm. guys are a pulse wave 2, probably half a millimeter, 0 0.05 millimeters into there at a low setting, like a four or five joules is probably yeah. where we I wouldn't do. use, I wouldn't treat melasma with any other RF device because the technology is not the no, same. No, secret yeah. RF is no, I would not the insulated. Nope. Um, yeah. If you have a, no, you can't even do it with this, the, the Scarlet. The Scarlet is the generation one of Silfirm, but Silfirm is the only one on the marketplace that has the pulse wave. Yeah. And it's because of the pulse wave we're able to get that treatment. So if you guys are interested in getting a Silfirm, let them know the aesthetic immersion, uh, talk to you guys about it, and they should be able to get you a discount, hopefully. Let them know Lori and Dr. Kwok sent you, <laughs> right? told you, and hopefully you, they, you'll you'll be able to squeeze out a, a few thousand dollars extra off <laughs> off of your you machine. Yeah. Um, if you guys are interested in the exosomes, they did give us a code um, for Benev. It's E X O X hyphen X P E R T expert. X O expert. Expert. Um, if you have if you have questions about it, email us. Uh, learn at the immersion.com or just DM us um, and then we can get you those codes to get you uh, a discount on some of the silk firm tips as well as the exosomes um, if you guys are interested in that because yeah. you know these are things that we all use I love yeah. I love 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 using the the exosomes I think it's part of my burn protocols that we burn patients and all that stuff uh, but just when we when we put it on co2 lasers when we put it on after making RFs, by the time they walk out, that redness is probably like 70, 80% gone. Like I get a micro RF and it's gone. Can I um, share with you something that I prep all of my patients with before we, I do procedures? Sure. Um, I, I love Elastin. It's probably the skincare uh. product that has the most research uh, about it than any other skincare product. And they have something called Nectar. And it will kind of, it will go in and clear out the extracellular matrix, get all the old fibroblasts and collagen out of there, and it will, it will let you build new collagen. So I always prep my patients two weeks before when I do uh, Silfirm, when I do microneedling, when I do CO2s, even when I do Sculptra, I will prep them a couple weeks before with the, with the um, nectar. Yeah. So it preps their tissue so that when I do stimulate their collagen, they're going to get even a better, more... Um, appropriate stimulation of collagen and fibroblasts than they would have gotten. So it's going to help the procedure look even better uh, and if, as far as their outcome. Yep. So I, you can, I throw that into the package. I just make a package price and I put that into the package. So yep. that's one other thing that can help your outcomes be looking even shiner and bigger and brighter and better. Yep. That's easy to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what other questions do we have, guys? Just oh, gosh. We probably went off the deep end. We're, we're the deep so, end. <laughs> okay, so we got to mechanical. We, we've talked about radio frequency. Oh, we'll yeah, go forward. We've talked about <laughs> We have a little PowerPoint here, but we just went off the deep end. Okay, um, we this talked is about fun. microneedling. Mm -hmm. Okay, you guys got that. Um, so let's see. Microneedling is good, non-invasive. 
economical it really doesn't hurt you numb them up really doesn't hurt it creates the nice channels as long as you're using the good one our the one that we both use is skin pen mm -hmm. i love it because yeah, it, it is um wireless there's mm -hmm. no cord to it and it's easy to use and stuff like that uh back up and forth um let's see my cleaning the bad results are slower of course you definitely need to do a couple of treatments it's probably five treatments as i said yeah if you're going to start with one it's not even worth it to to really do it unless it's more for maintenance on that aspect of it and they're more jacked up for a few days they are they're just like they two are. or three days are kind of pink and jacked up whereas if you're doing they the radio are. frequency like next if yes. you use exosomes three because hours they're not three million little holes yes. in your face yes. so they're gonna definitely do that you yeah. know i i definitely do a lighter one on myself with the exosomes and I just look a little kind of glowy the next day. It's like I got a nice tan yeah. actually, yeah. which I kind of like. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's kind of what I would I would definitely say with the, the bads with regards to it. The uglies, prolonged swelling, redness, yeah. flaky skin infection and scarring if not done properly and you're dragging and you're using not a great uh, pen, you could definitely do that. Infections, definitely making yeah. sure you have one that actually is cleanable or you know safe they have the little sleeves on the skin pen mm -hmm. which i like if you're yeah. going to get aggressive um on the aspect of it so you can the safety comes in with regards to um that. and i, we're, I was going to talk about the ugly i had a patient that came to me and she had had microneedling done by she thought it was an esthetician which in california it wouldn't be legal um, and they went so much on her cheek, they just went about around and around and around that she it abraded and it just took off the entire epidermis. Yep. And she hyperpigmented in that entire area. So it's they broke the basement. You membrane. don't want to get too deep. You don't want to go. You don't. You don't need to do that. Exactly. You yeah. don't need, you don't to, need go. to go. I see this all the time. People get aggressive. Like I need to see blood. Yeah, no. It's like they need to be a vampire and like pull the blood out of their faces no. before they feel like they got a great treatment. Yeah. And yeah. you guys don't need to do that. You have to understand why you're doing it. What layer of tissue are you affecting um, with regards to that? So, you know, understand if you're just doing it for just general improvement in texture, tone, between half a millimeter, one millimeter should be enough. You don't need to go that deep. If you're trying to get deeper to get more tightening, then you might as well just move over to Micronine RF. It's going to get you a better result with regards yeah. to that. With you less know, damage. With less damage yeah. in that in that sense. You know, if you have acne scars, that's appropriate. If you have a scar or something like that, that, you know, maybe even dealing with your um, you know, stretch marks mm -hmm. and stuff like that, that is appropriate to get down deeper and aggressive into those areas because there's a purpose for that. Um, so think about what you're doing and why you're doing it for your patients. Don't just prescribe, oh, I'm just going to do 2.0 just on the patient just because. And I want to pull out all as much blood and make them bloody so they feel like they got a good treatment. Yeah. Well, you may be giving them actually a bad treatment. A subpar, And yeah. really, really actually causing more damage than good. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's very, very true. We need to be really think. We want you to use your critical thinking and think about what you're doing. Think about if there's a lot of blood coming out, how am I going to get the PRP or exosomes in? How am I going to do that? You're not. So we, like, like Gideon said, we don't want a lot of bleeding with that. We, um, somebody asked here, can we incorporate filler with radiofrequency microneedling? I generally don't do 
the you same can. day? You can, but you can. But you, what you I you have to understand what level of tissue are you yeah. addressing? This is I, I get these questions, especially since I do threads mm -hmm. a lot, and I get the questions with threads. Can you do this? Can you do that? I'm like, if you understand what layer of tissue are you placing it, where are you placing your tissue? Where where are you placing your filler? Where are you placing your threads? What are you, how deep are you going with your microneme, microneme RF? Are you at that level that you're going to actually interact oh, yeah. with it? Secondarily, <laughs> filler realize they go through a sterilization process at 150 degrees Celsius for at least half an hour to 45 minutes before they actually are packaged and given to you. So you think how much energy your RF, especially microneme RF, energy is really given at one specific time yeah i wasn't i wasn't so much thinking of the heat with it i was just thinking of like generally fillers were putting it in the deep fat pad yes, anyway exactly what i was thinking of was pressing on it yeah. i kind of wanted to sit there for a couple weeks let it let it just kind of settle in before i'm pressing on on it that was the only thing would it hurt it probably not you know we're going to be putting like mid face you're in between the zcl and the, yeah. o, the oral anyway so it's going to kind of be sitting there but um but yes, so, that is something to yeah. think about. You may be pressing on it if you're aggressive mm -hmm. with your stamping. You may be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe do it in a couple of weeks mm -hmm. after or do it before. I think once it's your things have settled down, I try to tell my patients, let's do things every four weeks type of a thing. Yeah. You let everything settle down so they don't think that if there happens to be some kind of adverse event that, oh, it's because you mix the two or anything like that, you know. I do get patients from out of town and so I have to do everything kind of at one time. I will do it all at one time just because I know they're working on different levels of tissue. You can do fillers, you can do threads, you can do toxins. You know, all of that can be done all at one time if you really think about what level mm -hmm. of tissue are you affecting. What layer okay. are you in? Exactly. Um, let's see. Are you microneed exosomes in the skin or is it placed? On? Oh, I'm using it to microneedle into it. Uh, oh, for regular microneedling. For, regular for microneedling. RF, I don't. For, uh, yes, for micro RF, I place it afterwards. For so CO2s, afterwards. But don't put that on your social media. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you're injecting it or it's going, if you're somehow you're putting it into the tissue, don't advertise that because that's the FDA. Mm -mm. You just don't want FDA to just say, oh, you're using it yeah. this way. You know, just talk. Put on top. You can talk about it as we're doing topical exosomes with our microneedling. There you go. Just generalize it. <laughs> Uh, radio frequency, microneedling overview, um, you know, it's a machine device, it uses a little bit bigger needles and it's used to transmit the, the radio frequency energy into the deeper tissues. You get thermocoagulation, which will force some denaturization and of course stimulate better mm -hmm. collagen into the area. Um, devices, Sofamax, Morpheus, Vivace, Virtue, Secret, Potenza, what, uh, what else is out there? Profound, uh, profound, Fractura, Genius, I think. There's all kinds genius. of brands. There's so many different yeah. brands out there. Um, and so it's not that it's a bad thing. You just need to understand your machine and how you're doing it if you already have committed to it. it we, we both have played with Vivace. My clinics have Virtues at certain ones. And then I've had Fractura, the I've had ones, Profound, I've had... The yeah. newest ones, still firms, we definitely like on that aspect of it. So Now, keep in mind one thing, when you're doing radio frequency microneedling, there's almost no reason to go deeper than two millimeters, maybe two and a half. Yes. If you go deeper than that, 
you're hitting fat. And we have had so many patients come into us to have either fillers or biostimulants or biologics put in because it's usually the Morpheus, and I hate to say that, but I'm not sure why well, people are going- popular. Maybe because they're and using it was marketed They're going that way. deeper and hotter and burning fat, and the faces are thinning. They're thinning down. Yep. So be really aware, no matter what you're using, be very aware of that dermal thickness. Be, where, be very, no matter what you're using, you don't want to get, like, like the you say, to you guys it's the steak. understand what you guys it's, are doing. It's the steak. Yeah. It's, do you <laughs> want a well done, charred, burned steak, or do you want a nice medium steak? Well, the medium one's really good, and that's kind of like the others, but if you go too hot, too deep, too much, you're going way over what you need to do and, and causing more damage than what you need to do. So you just need to get enough denaturization of that collagen to get more collagen production. That's all we got to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that, that is the whole thing out there. I think majority of you guys, when you guys are buying a laser or some kind of device, make sure that you guys understand what your purpose is. I think a lot of people get, get into the fact they're sold by their, their salesperson and then the trainer comes in and realize when trainers come in to train, their job is to get you trained on how to use the machine. They're not trained to get you the results. Okay, They're trained on you to use the machine. Just like when we train for Galderma or MERS or any of these companies, our job is to get you trained on the product that you understand how the product works, how how to inject it up to a certain point. We're not there to teach you on how to get amazing, beautiful results. That's for you guys to get educated on. Okay, so you guys need to take your education seriously and understand free free education is great, but really looking for it and really doing your own your own education, paying for more education, going to conferences. Um, going and finding somebody in your area that you can say, hey, can I shadow you? Mm -hmm. I think you do good work or flying somewhere, shadowing somebody, having them doing a private training for somebody you think in your area uh, or wherever in the world that you think does a great job and learning the understanding and asking them why they're doing it. How do they get their results? Why are they doing it this way? Why are they doing it that way? Because you need to understand why you're doing things. And I think that's the biggest thing. Morpheus 8 is not a bad machine. Uh, I had the, uh, the previous version of it, which was called Fractora. Mm -hmm. um, it hurt like a mother. Um, but ultimately, what happened is they market themselves as something that was going to, we can go deeper because we can push it and push it. Well, realizing pe practitioners did not realize it, that your skin is only so thin. You go beyond the layer of skin, what are you going to hit? Fat. And so you're going to put heat into fat, what is going to happen? You're going to kill fat. And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing my patient, certain patients coming to see me and like, look, my yeah. neck looks worse than it is. I have like an 80 year old neck and I had beautiful, a beautiful look before. And they're starting to get slightly depressed. And it's because people out there are not understanding why they're doing things. They're just going, oh, well, this is the setting that the company gave me and I'm just going to go at it yeah. without understanding why. Now there is a purpose on certain times where you want to kill some fat. There's hypertrophying of fat in this area. There's fat in this area, so going deep is fine. But you guys really need to take in consideration of what you are doing and why you are doing it. Think about it critically instead of just 
following what another person said yeah. or what that person said. If it doesn't make sense to you or you're starting to question, huh, I didn't realize, ask somebody around you why they're doing certain things, you know, because you have to go out there and figure out that the education in this field is all over the place, unfortunately. You're going to make some mistakes along the way, but hopefully you're investing in getting good education on that aspect of it. Okay. Um, last question. Do you think rubbing PRP on the face during microneedling works? Depends on how, how aggressively you did your, your microneedling, I think. Uh, Vera. During microneedling. Yeah, probably helps some of it probably get in those channels. Yeah, if you can get it. If it's yeah. light enough that blood's not coming out, PRP can work. Yeah. I'm not dousing to PRP. I'm just saying you guys need to understand PRP and its job and its functionality. Yeah, I think that would be great. All right. I think time's up. I know. Our, We've our talked team is going, we need to wrap it up because we need to prepare for our mentorship call that's coming up. Um, but hopefully that was a a insightful little <laughs> conversation <laughs> Good. that went in a different direction than thank all you. of us. Yeah, but thank you for all your questions. We appreciate that because it helps us just kind of connect with you and answer what's on your mind. Thank you. But if you guys have any questions, DM her, as I said, <laughs> DM the, the aesthetic immersion, uh, learn at the aesthetic immersion.com. Dr. Guns and Needles, uh, <laughs> DM him. But ultimately, yeah. uh, thanks for joining us. We will see you next week or next, next month, month, April yeah. 4th. Uh, the topic that we have chosen is... It's a surprise. Is, it's a surprise. No, yeah. we could talk about it. Really? You want I to? think it's important. Okay. I think where does the art, where did the art go? We're going to talk about the artistry of this field and where it went. Artistry of anatomy. Artistry of uh, what right. we do in this yeah. field. So hopefully we'll catch you guys next week. But thank you guys. We'll see you next month. Thanks for joining. Bye-bye. Well, that was our AI Live podcast for today. Be sure to check out our other episodes. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time.